We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, on the episode that you'll hear later this week, you'll hear my buddy Stefan Lecoe at Stefan Lecoe on Twitter. If you uh, noticed last week, we actually went to a two episode a week format. Myself taking a shorter form episode and Stefan hosting Mr. Chris Harris. Uh, as his special guest, we'll keep on mixing it up and, and what we bring to you guys every single week, whether it be college football or NFL or exclusively fantasy football content, we'll mix it up throughout the year. We want to cover all of our bases and keep bringing you all unique content that you can't get anywhere else. And this week, I'm going to jump right into it because we've got a very special episode taking a look at some of the uh, top incoming freshmen in college football. And before you tune out, if you're more of an NFL fan, uh, keep in mind the, the top names in recruiting every single year. And I mean, we've been talking about the, this this summer a little bit more in, in depth, but every single year, the recruiting services are getting more and more accurate, predicting uh, the future of NFL stars. Like top 25, like five-star type talents now get drafted seriously 70% of the time. So a bunch of these top names you'll hear on the show today are not only going to break out and make a huge impact on perhaps your favorite college football teams, but also more than likely, they're going to be the ones that get drafted here in the near future. And so just like I've talked about before, I, I always say, you know, if, if you're joining us for the first time, College of Kenton is a show about the journey about the best football players and prospects. And, and we say that it's all the way from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I, and I think most of the time, we bring you content that is more focused on the NFL and players transitioning into the NFL. But really, we're going to take a look at the earliest stages of a, a player's career today and some of the situations of these top prospects entering into college right now that could be the difference or whether they make it to the next level or not. And really, I've had some people request this specific type of content because one of the toughest things to do is keep track of all of the incoming freshmen. I mean, every single year, there's like 2,500 
uh, at this point, uh, three-star or higher type rated prospects coming in. So there's a lot of information to sift through. But good. But the good news is nerds like me uh, sift through recruiting and, and, and live in this space all the time. And in some cases have nerdy fantasy football leagues where we've already rostered a couple of these guys for, you know, a couple of years because we like to think that we can predict the future just that far out. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the highest requested types of content that I've had for the show is just taking a look at, you know, the average draft position of these incoming freshmen in what we call Debbie Fantasy Football Leagues or College to Canton, Campus to Canton Fantasy Football Leagues, where you can actually have a college fantasy football team and an NFL fantasy football team running side by side. Uh, that's my favorite format. That's what I love to play. That's where I got the, the idea for the name of this podcast. And so I'm, I'm going to look at the average draft position in uh, eight different college to Canton leagues and, and look at the players who by and large are, are valued the highest or the community believes that they're going to have the greatest NFL success and greatest college football success here in the short term. And so I'm going to cover as many of these incoming freshmen, top names that I can in this short show. Uh, if you want to learn more about some of these guys, I'm actually going to have a, a piece on Rotoviz here very soon talking about the, the top true freshman breakout candidates. Uh, as well, with a lot of these players listed, a comprehensive list of 50 names, top 50 actually in average draft position in that piece upcoming. But I'll dive right in and get to the first name. You guys have probably heard it on the show here before. You'll hear it again because there's a good chance he will not only break out this year, but be one of the best players in college football and perhaps in his NFL draft when he does enter. And that's Trivion Henderson, running back, Ohio State, five-star talent coming into college football. Uh, he is coming into a situation where he could also immediately compete for touches in a backfield that really, you know, the returning Master Teague. But besides that, they're not returning a ton of touches in that backfield. They just sent Trey Sermon to the NFL. Uh, they just sent Justin Fields to the NFL. Mayan Williams, who actually had 10 carries last year, is in a new place. So they, they have Master Teague and Travion Henderson coming in to take the load and carry an offense that's also replacing its quarterback, uh, which it looks like, I mentioned this before, and even last week, looks like it's going to be C.J. Stroud at the helm. And new quarterbacks, they need a little bit of help sometimes. And uh, I think we have seen in recent years some fantastic freshman breakouts for Ohio State running backs. I think of most recently J.K. Dobbins. I don't know if you actually listen to the intro to the podcast anymore, but the intro to this podcast is actually a Gus Johnson call of a J.K. Dobbins run back in his true freshman season. In fact, his very first game. J.K. Dobbins, of course, went on to break out and post like 1,400 yards on the ground as a true freshman. I don't know if Travion Henderson will do that because, you know, Mike Weber back in the day got injured and missed some time. But hey, Matt Master Teague has missed some time in the past as well. Travion Henderson, even without an injury, should see plenty of work and break out in a big way for uh, Ohio State. And he is, on average, the first freshman taken in all of my college to Kenton leagues and the others in this sample that I'm looking at, all eight leagues, in fact, Travion Henderson was in the top three players selected and uh, was first in almost every single one. And before we move on to the player that's actually ranked second, I just want to talk about the, the entire Ohio State team because mentioned it last week, Quinn Ewers coming in to compete with Kyle McCord, also a five-star in this freshman class. Both of them ranked very highly. In fact, Quinn Ewers, who reclassified from the 2022 class to the 2021 class, probably would be the number one overall player if he was actually eligible to be drafted in most of my college to Canada leagues this year. But because he 
reclassified so late, all of these drafts had already taken place. But really, the most exciting position for Ohio State might just be their their wide receivers. Because as we've talked about on the show, as we've talked about on other college football shows on Road of His Radio here, I mean, they already have Chris Olave. They already have Garrett Wilson, two guys that will probably be some of the first names you hear off the board in next year's NFL draft uh, that we talked about last week. But behind those guys, they have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was a true freshman last year, had arguably the best catch Uh, contorting his body and and swinging his leg back in bounds to get a a one-footed touchdown uh, in the back of the end zone uh, early on last year. Maybe the best catch in all of college football. Jackson Smith and Jigbo looks to be like the the slot receiver for them. He was a freshman a year ago. So what what does that mean for this, well, uh, another stacked wide receiver group for Ohio State? There's actually another three or four uh, top 200 wide receivers uh, overall in the country coming in to compete for starting jobs, to compete with really good playmakers already there uh, for Ohio State. And the room got so stacked that they actually, Jameson Williams, who was a veteran, uh, who was a four-star himself at Ohio State, decided to transfer out and go to Alabama. Say, look, Ohio State, you're too stacked. I'm going to go to Alabama and see if I can compete. It's that kind of ridiculously stacked wide receiver room. So they bring in Emika Abuka, who I talked about with Peter Howard briefly a couple weeks ago. He was the number one wide receiver in this class. In fact, seventh in average draft position in college to Canton Leagues. Uh, out of eight mock drafts, he was the seventh player overall taken. Uh, wide receiver two, actually, sorry, uh, behind a player that we'll get to here shortly. But Emika Ibuka was number one overall rated recruit according to the 24-7 sports composite. But they also have the, the son of the great Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. And they have Jaden Ballard and a, a couple other guys that are still going to be competing for, for roles there. Like even Julian Fleming, who a year ago was a top two or three wide receiver in his freshman class. It's an absolutely stacked wide receiver room up and down every single class from freshman to senior so it's going to be tough for any any of those guys to break into early first year true freshman breakout status uh, when they're looking ahead to, and there's guys like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba right in front of them still but if anyone's going to break out it's probably going to be Emika Ibuka the five-star wide receiver for Ohio State so uh, I'll be keeping my eye on him he could probably be in a perimeter a big play threat that comes into uh, just kind of make a splash play from time to time in a freshman year in his freshman season. But I don't expect a, a huge, what we like to call at Rotovitz, a true freshman breakout, because frankly, those are super rare. Uh, but even what we like to see in terms of a player's overall adjusted production index, which is basically looking at a player's production profile through three different lenses, uh, like their overall dominator rating, which is uh, half weighted with the, re- the receiving yards and half weighted with the receiving touchdowns, basically an expression of the percentage of the team's offense through the air that that wide receiver accounts for. Uh, just a, a combination of that dominator rating with exactly what it sounds like in yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt. Those three variables, even like the lower threshold that we like to see for wide receivers to hit, like, you know, you know, after after their freshman year, having maybe maybe a 15th percentile overall adjusted production index, like if they were to enter the NFL draft next year, uh, they would be a 15th percentile overall kind of guy uh, like a really good freshman might hit that mark. 
and already be like a 15th percentile uh, overall prospect. But I don't expect any of the freshmen for Ohio State at the wide receiver position to hit that kind of production in year one. But going back to the number two overall guy, Caleb Williams uh, for Oklahoma, quarterback is sitting behind Spencer Rattler, who is arguably going to be the quarterback one in next year's NFL draft. He'll learn the offense, sit behind Spencer Rattler, and break out in year two, but probably not a true freshman breakout candidate. But a guy who I believe could very well be the best breakout candidate in the entire country is Ajay Hall of Alabama. He is uh, one of, again, four, another stacked wide receiver room, four incoming freshmen for Alabama that are all rated inside the top 100 overall. But he killed it this spring. Uh, and when the other guys did not exactly light it up as much, Jojo Earl, who a lot of people think fits the modern mold of what we think Alabama wide receivers are supposed to look like, uh, he wasn't even there this spring. Ja'Cory Brooks, who was actually rated a little bit higher than Ajayi Hall, uh, was actually dinged up a little bit in the spring. And then uh, Christian Leary is just, uh, he's just not, I mean, he's got that straight line speed, but uh, he doesn't have the dominant figure and uh, really side speed, size speed combo that Ajayi Hall has. So I think, and really Nick Saban's been talking up Ajayi Hall all summer long, all spring long. So I think Ajayi Hall could be that guy that, that lines up opposite John Mechie in year one is posting really solid numbers, could account for even up to 20% of the offense for Alabama if, if things do go right, which is really rare uh, considering how deep Alabama has been in previous years. Some guys taking two, if not three years to even hit a 20% kind of breakout at Alabama, but Ajay Hall could be the exception. Fourth overall in average draft position in college to leagues is Will Shipley, running back two overall in in this class, uh, at least by most consensus. Uh, looks like a fantastic receiving back in, 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 a, in a situation where we just saw Travis Etienne just light it up three plus years in a row and then go to the NFL and get first round draft capital. But he's going to be competing uh, with a few other guys that I think uh, are going to fight him off early on this year. Uh, so I'm not sure I, I'm not drafting him this high. I'm not drafting him as the fourth overall uh, incoming freshman this year. But I think he has a, a skill set to eventually work his way into a feature workload. But he's going to have to beat out uh, Phil Maffa, who was actually talked up greatly after the spring game for Clemson. Kobe Pace still has actually been the front runner, actually. And a couple other guys, that, that Lynn J. Dixon and a few other names that are actually still in the mix at running back for Clemson. It's a really stacked running back room for Clemson. Shifting back to quarterbacks, we got a couple in a row at five and six. Uh, in terms of average draft position, Sam Heward, uh, Washington, five-star quarterback, talented. I, I don't. I have some questions about his mobility, his mobility, and how he might translate to the NFL and and how uh, the modern quarterback position is played. Uh, he doesn't have the same upside as the guy that's actually ranked after him here. But out of uh, all eight drafts, he was a top like 10 pick in, uh, I think, seven out of the eight drafts uh, among all true freshmen. So a lot of people believing in his arm talent and his ability to perhaps uh, crack the starting lineup early for the Washington Huskies. I'm not as high on him and I'm not really one to reach for quarterbacks that I have questions uh, when it comes to their mobility given how important that is in leading to draft capital and fantasy football success at the NFL level but the guy after him right here is probably my favorite freshman in the entire class in the entire country coming in as a freshman Tyler Buckner uh, he missed all of his senior year 
uh, due to the pandemic and him leaving to go early to Notre Dame because California had spring football this year. So Tyler Buckner was already on Notre Dame's campus and he missed most of his sophomore year with injury in high school. But uh, as a junior, he put up like 50 plus touchdowns, had a near perfect passing profile and had like 1600, (laughs) seriously 1600 rushing yards as a quarterback against some pretty decent competition out in California. He's probably not going to beat out Jack Cohn, given how things are looking in fall camp uh, and be the starter right away for the Irish. But the thing is, uh, statues don't do very well in Notre Dame's scheme. So I'm thinking if there's any point in, in this season at which Jack Cohn struggles to beat one of their uh, top opponents in a situation where Notre Dame has become playoff discussion or playoff bid or bust, that, that, that kind of expectation Jack Cohn's not that kind of passer. Yeah, he did okay for Wisconsin two years ago, uh, but Notre Dame needs a guy who can add some mobility and add, add some dual threat to his game. And Tyler, Tyler Buckner does that well. And honestly, he's already a better passer than Jack Cohn could ever hope to be. So Tyler Buckner, he's going to learn the offense. It's going to take some time. I would say by the halfway point of this season, Tyler, Tyler Buckner will probably be leading the Notre Dame back into the playoff conversation as a true freshman. And next spring, he'll be the consensus quarterback one, if not quarterback two at worst behind Caleb Williams. But that is Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame quarterback, freshman, sixth overall in average draft position coming into this year. And it's interesting for him because Notre Dame has been getting really a lot better at bringing in top skill position players. In fact, there were a couple other uh, freshman wide receivers who were top 50 kind of players and Deion Colsey and Lorenzo Styles Jr. Uh, guys that were uh, top 120, 125 overall in the nation recruits in the country coming in. A top 50 consensus among you know nerdy college to can drafters like myself. Guys that look like real difference makers at the position, maybe at the slot for Lorenzo Styles and on the outside and Deion Colsey. But then you look at the running backs they've been bringing in, like Kyron Williams, who could be in the top three running back discussion next year. Great run game to lean upon. Chris Tyree, uh, one of the fastest, shiftiest backs in the country. Uh, They have a lot to work with at the skill position for Tyler Buckner to find success. So Notre Dame, as much as I don't like to see them do very well, being from Indiana and having gone to Purdue and not really rooting for (laughs) non-Purdue Indiana schools, uh, Tyler Buckner is impossible to dislike as a prospect. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how his stock continues to rise throughout his career. But moving on, already mentioned the seventh slot, Emeka Abuka, but we get back to the running back position with LJ Johnson at running back three, uh, Texas A&M, Donovan Edwards right behind him at uh, running back four, Michigan. Uh, LJ Johnson looks almost exactly like Isaiah Spiller, who's actually the current starter and uh, dominator for the Texas A&M run game. Uh, LJ Johnson probably comes in uh, doesn't do a whole lot this year because, I, they, like I said, Texas A&M still has Isaiah Spiller. They still have the multi-positional dual threat kind of guy, Anaya Smith and Devonna Shane. And so uh, lots of weapons there in the backfield. But LJ Johnson, once Isaiah Spiller leaves for the NFL, uh, LJ Johnson probably slots into that kind of power back, dominating yards after contact, do it all back. They can actually catch some passes as well. Uh, so he might not do much this fall, but he could break out as a true sophomore. But that's kind of why I'm more interested in Donovan Edwards, because Michigan doesn't have a a super proven, uh, awesome stud running back ahead of him. Uh, They do have Hassan Haskins. They do have uh, Blake Corum, who was okay last year. But Zach Charbonnet, who is probably going to be his 
uh, most daunting challenge is actually now at UCLA. And so Donovan Edwards comes in as a fringe five-star type talent for Michigan, uh, and they love to run the ball. Uh, Donovan Edwards could be the guy uh, from week one. There's been a lot of positive buzz surrounding him. And many think it's still going to be Haskins as the 1A, but Donovan Edwards, by year's end, could work into a significant role for the Wolverines and uh, be flying up draft boards given the expectations and uh, potential workload that he could grow into there. But going back to Alabama for a sec, because they actually have the 10th and 11th slot in terms of average draft position, Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver, Kamar Wheaton at running back. Kamar Wheaton is another five-star running back that comes in and looks like he's actually going to have to sit behind just a stacked running back room when Brian Robinson and Jace McClellan and a few other guys that could really keep him on the bench, actually. Uh, but after this year, I think he could work into a serious role uh, and, and break out kind of later, slower, a la, you know, Najee Harris and what he did just in the past couple years. But Ja'Cory Brooks is the guy with the highest upside. I think in my recent wrote of his column, I actually called him a, a potential Julio Jones kind of clone. He has that kind of athletic, ridiculous upside if they can hone it at Alabama. He's a player that Alabama hasn't seen that kind of archetype in a while. Uh, a, a true dominating force on the outside and has great vertical speed, great hands, and has just been better, just been more athletic than than everyone around him at every level of play, even on one of the best high school football teams in the country a year ago, still just looked better than everyone else on the field. So Ja'Cory Brooks, even though I like Ajayi Hall a little bit more, I like the upside of Ja'Cory Brooks for Alabama long-term even higher. The only thing that might stop him from truly breaking out alongside Ajayi Hall in year one uh, with John Mechie there is, as I mentioned, Jamison Williams, who came over from Ohio State. If he can earn an early role, uh, they might need an extra veteran there to stabilize and, and be a resource and go to for Bryce Young there, who is in his first year as a starter for Alabama. But keep an eye on J. Corey Brooks as a guy who could be a true freshman breakout alongside Ajay Hall. Uh, after this, we got a couple more quarterbacks in Drake May, North Carolina. He's sitting behind Sam Howe, not going to do a whole lot, but I do like his arm talent. Kyle McCord, he's probably going to transfer at this point. Kyle McCord is probably the quarterback three behind C.J. Stroud. And really, once Quinn Ewers gets up to speed, <laughs> I probably behind him too. Uh, so he is probably going to have to transfer if he ever wants to see the field. Could pull a Joe Burrow. I think I mentioned that last week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 
I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season. Make sure you're ready. Get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the Road of His website. All you have to do is add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10% discount. Now let's go and dominate the fantasy leagues in 2021 at 14 in an average draft position we've got jojo earl also again alabama uh looks like a, a kind of mix between jalen waddle and Devonte smith that that yak per target kind of kind of monster that could grow into a role once he gets the offense under his belt he wasn't there in the spring for alabama's a day or anything so he's already a little bit behind but could earn a role pretty quickly at 15 we've got marvin harrison jr Ohio State wide receiver already mentioned him he's probably going to take a year or two to break out too just because of that stacked room after that we got at 16 slot Brock Vandegrift quarterback six overall in this class Georgia I'm not sure given what Georgia has in the pipeline behind him that he actually ever sees the field either because uh, Georgia's actually continually bringing in top tier quarterbacks and and even when they don't they bring in a transfer like JT Daniels and JT Daniels is obviously going to be the guy again, having posted, what, like a 98th percentile passing efficiency mark last year in his uh, four-game stretch as the starter. So Brock Vandegrift, kind of a weird bet at uh, at this kind of value as 16th overall uh, freshman, but the people still like him, and, and he does have the five-star pedigree. So we'll see what how that plays out, but uh, he's going to have a tough journey ahead of him just to get on the field. After that, we got back to Oklahoma. Just kind of mentioned Caleb Williams at quarterback earlier, uh, but we're back to the Sooners at wide receiver now. Mario Williams uh, looks like he could challenge for early snaps, even though Oklahoma's about nine deep at wide receiver. I mean, they've got Marvin Mims. They have Theo Weiss. They have Jaden Hazelwood. They have uh, another handful of four and five star guys that are all competing. But Mario Williams is a top 40 overall kind of recruit coming in this year that could earn, you know, wide receiver four kind of snaps and, and a team that loves to go four wide at the position quite a bit. If they don't have Austin Stogner on the field, it's like a big slot slash tight end in that uh, kind of almost exclusive 10 personnel look that they like to run. So keep an eye on Mario Williams. He could work into that wide receiver three role, especially if Jaden Hazelwood, again, can't stay healthy. And he has not been able to do that at any point in his college career to this point. But moving on in the 18th and 19th slot, we got Jackson Dart, a perfect quarterback name. Uh, Quarterback USC looks like the favorite to win the job after Keaton Slovis is gone to the NFL draft next year. Jackson Dart uh, came up through the 7v7 ranks. Uh, Not not your typical uh, rise to fame, but 7v7 football has been growing in its popularity and really necessity in terms of proving yourself as a skill position player, proving yourself as a dominant quarterback that can really spread the field and make every kind of throw. You can really show off there. And that, that's how Dart really rose to popularity. Uh, and it'll see if that actually sticks and translates, given USC's super spread scheme that he's going to be running whenever he does take the helm for USC. Uh, JJ McCarthy, he is gonna, he's got his work cut out for him. He's a five-star rated quarterback, but uh, he has Cade McNamara and Alan Bowman, uh, potentially ahead of him still. Uh, and so he might not break out in year one, but he's been making all the throws. Apparently, there's a lot of positive buzz out of camp. Uh, if any of the quarterbacks ahead of him falter, they might just say, hey, look, 
uh, just go fix it. Go do something. Go make some. Go, go give our fans something to get excited about. If they can't beat Ohio State, they might as well look ahead to the future and what they might have. And one of the highest rated quarterbacks Michigan's had uh, ever. And that's saying something given how many quarterbacks they've had that had some pedigree. Uh, that came into their school at running at, at 20th overall we've got running back Kamaro Edmonds and this class looks like pretty much a five running back class but Kamaro Edmonds looks like he's a lot of fun uh, comes into a situation where he's he's going to be at North Carolina they still have Sam Howell they uh, bring in a transfer Ty Chandler and I like Ty Chandler running back he's probably going to be the lead back this year but Kamaro Edmonds if he beats out Caleb Hood for the Javante Williams kind of role from just a year ago, that could be an absolute smash. It's going to be tough because he wasn't there in the spring. He's already behind the eight ball. A lot of a lot of buzz around Caleb Hood, who is a converted quarterback, uh, kind of a lower rated uh, recruit in this class, but improved himself this spring and in summer. So Kamaro Edmonds, keep his name in your back pocket because he could earn that Javante Williams role in one of the best offenses in college football for North Carolina. At average draft position, 21 and 22, we got a couple Oregon Ducks and quarterback Ty Thompson and Troy Franklin, wide receiver. Another five-star kind of talent in Troy Franklin and near five-star kind of talent in Ty Thompson at quarterback. That could be a really fun duo to watch if Troy Franklin proves he's worth the targets. They, they tend to spread things around and tend to go with, with like that underneath passing game with what they've had here recently. But Troy Franklin is the highest rated wide receiver Oregon has ever had in school history. And that's saying a lot because they, they've had some, some top tier talents in the past. But Troy Franklin could be, he could break the curse for true freshman uh, production and he could break the curse for Oregon and draft capital, especially early round draft capital one day. But just a couple other names, I'm not going to be able to get to the entire incoming freshman group, but a couple other fun guys that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing in action early on. Trevion Cooley for Louisville. He's super fast, and they need somebody as a playmaker out of the backfield. Yes, they've got Jalen Mitchell and a couple other guys that might kind of keep him off the field early on, but Trevion Cooley has some burst and, and speed and balance that I think he could break out uh, as a true freshman if things go well uh, for the Louisville Cardinals. And Travion Cooley. And then Jake Garcia, he looked amazing from Miami in the spring game at quarterback. And Derek King, he's been raking in some cash thanks to the name, image, likeness stuff going on. And he should start for Miami when he is healthy. But if he ever does uh, go down with injury, I'm no longer worried about the quarterback situation for Miami behind him because Jake Garcia looks like he's the real deal. Like kind of a, a top 70 or 80 overall kind of recruit in this class. Uh, had some mobility kind of questions coming out of high school, but he, even in the spring game, looked like he could add some on the ground when he had to do so. Keep Jake Garcia's name uh, in the back of your mind for sure. Uh, a few more names in a lightning round mode. At wide receiver to remember, Deion Smith, uh, of the trio that, that's uh, entering and joining the LSU Tigers, Deion Smith is, is the guy that's been talked about most by Coach Ordron uh, this spring and summer, and a lot of expectations uh, surrounding Deion Smith and, and perhaps cracking the early rotation as a true freshman wide receiver. Bo Collins, wide receiver, uh, joining Clemson this year, joins his former high school teammate and current quarterback of Clemson, DJ Uyunglele. Uh, and obviously there's, there's a few wide receivers that have some pedigree as well around him, like EJ Williams, like Joe Ngata, like Frank Ladson, 
uh, but guys who haven't really reached their fullest potential. So Bo Collins could break out and be an early impact player there for the Clemson Tigers. Destin Hill, if he's allowed to play, uh, there's been some kind of personal issues that they weren't releasing, but Florida State needs playmakers at wide receiver. Mike Norvell really loves to feed his feature and lead wide receiver. Destin Hill proved to be one of the most productive wide receivers in the entire country in high school. So I hope he actually gets the opportunity to be funneled a whole bunch of targets for Florida State. If not, Malik McLean could be a guy uh, behind him, also a freshman in this class that could break out in his stead. Uh, but Xavier Worthy is a guy I've talked about on Twitter, t- talked about in a couple other pieces before. Xavier Worthy was committed to Michigan, but decommitted and went to Texas very late. And uh, Texas has transferred out a couple people. They just sent up a couple wide receivers to the pros. There's not a whole lot of proven guys. Steve Sarkeesian loves to get guys who with speed in space uh, that, that can give them a, plenty of opportunity to get some heavy yards after catch. Uh, Xavier Worthy with some great track speed. And the team has been absolutely going bonkers in camp and just talking about the potential that Xavier Worthy has. He's actually going 36th. Uh, among true freshmen this year, but that's an absolute mistake because he's probably going to be one of the most productive true freshmen in the country at the wide receiver position and uh, prove a lot of people wrong uh, that were doubting him and, and let him drop to the 36th freshman in average draft position in College to Canton and Debbie leagues. But that, that's uh, that's about all the time I have to get, get through all these players in today's show. Uh, we'll talk about some of these guys as they continue to break out this fall. But it will be really fun to see how this distribution of uh, talent is, is really trending in college football. I mentioned this briefly before, but with all of these players going to the same four or five or six schools, uh, we're going to see some trends where these production profiles aren't going to be super perfect because they're going to have all this talent around them. And and all these anecdotal arguments that you've heard maybe for Alabama in recent years or Clemson wide receivers in recent years who didn't have perfect peak production profiles, we're going to continue to see that because there's going to be five-star after five-star after five-star talent surrounded by other five-star talent competing for the same amount of targets. And if these guys don't get the targets that they want and they transfer and they take another year to break out, we're going to see these guys with imperfect breakout ages and other other metrics that we like to see that indicate future NFL success. So keep an eye on, on, on these top tier prospects that I mentioned today. Even if they transfer, even if they don't break out in year one, don't get impatient with them. Give them a chance and see how they break out because recruiting pedigree has, has had such an increased impact on future NFL success over the last five or six draft classes. Uh, I'm confident in saying that many of the names you heard on th- on this show will be playing in the NFL before you know it, and surely will be making their name known and presence felt in their college offenses here soon as well. But again, I hope you guys have been enjoying the increased amount of content coming your way from me, from Stefan, from the special guests that we're going to have on. We have a bunch of big names coming up that we're going to add to to talk about some NFL stuff. We'll have some guys on to talk some college, but we'll keep on sprinkling it in with some college football focus, some fantasy football focus, some NFL focus, a little bit of everything this fall. But I can't believe college football is already back and NFL action. We've already got some preseason action going. But again, check out my uh, upcoming piece that may be released by the time you actually hear this on the, the 2021 freshman players that could break out early this year. The, that will be on rotoviz.com, so check that out here soon. And look forward to Stefan's episode coming out later this week around Friday. But until then, you guys take care and look forward to many more episodes of the College of Canton podcast. <laughs>